Apple's new MacBook Air is here. We've put it through its paces, and we'll talk about Apple's latest laptop on this episode of the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Jason Cross. Oh. And Leif Johnson. Hey, everybody. So we've got the MacBook Air. Jason Cross did a review of it. There are two kind of main takeaways when it comes to the MacBook Air. It has new processors and it has the new keyboard. Yeah, and the price is lower. And the price is lower. That's right. True. That's true. That that's probably the that's probably the marquee takeaway, actually. So. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of just there's no new features. There's no new capabilities. There's not like this one adds this feature stuff. It's all a better hardware mix. It's yeah, all, mm-hmm. it's like internal hardware stuff. Yeah. So now there's better. Starts at nine ninety nine, which I think everybody kind of expects. Apple has to have a nine ninety nine right. laptop. Like the Air is right. the cheapest laptop. They need a nine ninety nine laptop. They haven't had one for a few years. They, they the price was twelve hundred bucks uh, in twenty eighteen, yeah. and they updated it with Retina and everything. Yeah, and then they dropped a hundred bucks last year, and now dropped a hundred bucks again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that nine ninety nine gets you two hundred fifty six gigs of storage, where it used to be one twenty eight, and that's not enough, right? So you really yeah. had to spend more. <laughs> not only was it 1100 bucks last year, but you also had to upgrade the storage because you're not going to buy a laptop with 120 gigs of storage. Yeah. So yeah. it's really, they're kind of saving you 300 bucks in a way. Yeah, the MacBook Air is interesting because I remember when it first came out, it was, was it the subcompact laptop that was big in the, or what were they called? Uh, netbooks? They call these things netbooks. That yeah. These, yeah. Getting way back there. Yeah. yeah, that was a way. And I don't remember <laughs> if the timing was right now that I think about it. I don't remember if the MacBook Air was in response to that or if it was before or after that kind of cycle. Well, they certainly yeah, talked about how netbooks were an unsatisfying experience. Yeah. Yes. They, they were yes. all about driving the price down, but they were terrible. Yeah. And then everybody just bought one and it's, you're throwing away $500 because it was like you're buying this cheap $500 laptop, but then you weren't happy with it. They were the first ones to really make it what the PC side started to call ultra portables. Right. Um, but they th- that really, really thin. Remember, they put it in a manila envelope on stage. Yeah. And that was like a big deal <laughs> and everything. It was first kind of promoted as, you know, the super thin ultra portable laptop. Right. Then over time, as Apple's laptop line evolved, it kind of became more of the more affordable solution mm-hmm. than the ultra portable solution because the MacBook Pro got thinner. And, the MacBook, the 12 inch. Yeah. And then the MacBook. So yeah. weight and size wasn't as big an issue and price was more, became more of a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's when, when the, Air was originally released. It was pretty expensive. It right, was an expensive right. laptop, and it wasn't that good. It was really kind of slow. Their version two update of it, like a year or eighteen months later or whatever, was way better. They they cut a big chunk off the price, and it got a lot faster, and the battery life got a lot better, and sales kind of skyrocketed after that. Apple always calls it their most loved laptop and it kind of is it's it's held on since those early days as the mac that people love the most i haven't had a chance to use the new one but i think another important thing is that the uh, the pros and even the i think the macbook had a sloping keyboard but uh yeah the air had a nice little you know kind of slant to the keyboard whereas the ipad um, excuse me the macbook pro is just 
table flat and I find that more True. comfortable to type on. And that was, yeah. that was one thing that set it apart. That's, too. that's part of that wedge shape of it is that it, it's wedge. deck was kind of slanted a little bit. It is more comfortable to type on. And of course it's much better now because this is the second notebook to get that magic keyboard. The 16 inch MacBook pro was the first, and this is the second and it's back to a scissor switch mechanism. It's obviously way quieter. It's got good travel and bounce and everything. It feels a lot like you're using a five-year-old MacBook, which is good. It's weird to say that's good, but like it's like typing on an old, old MacBook. It feels like that. It's really good. The thing I hated about that older keyboard is not only it felt dead to me in terms of you know the touch, but that pounding. Yeah. You could try to type as lightly as possible. You still got this pounding effect that kind of reverberated through the table. And yeah. everything and, and yeah, got everyone's attention. It thunked. <laughs> it, it it had this thunking click where that something about that mechanism made the entire laptop vibrate and thunking yeah. click. Uh, and that whole thing, and like you said, because there's no key travel, you were just jamming your fingers on a solid object, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and especially and, bad with me because I'm a heavy typist, so people can always. <laughs> true. Yeah. Yes, you are, and yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, I have this. I have this vivid memory of actually being in a an Apple briefing, and sitting at a table. There was a writer who was a, who I'll remain na nameless who writes for a popular website. He was sitting next to me, and then there were there were like six other people. And the presentation started and everyone started taking notes and all you would hear is this thump, 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 thump. And when you kind of looked at each other, like, what is going on? It yeah. sounds like we're having like a stampede going through here. It was just, it was really incredible. Yeah. It's really obvious who's taking notes on a Mac when you're in a conference room, like yeah. a, a new, a new MacBook. Um, and, and if you're an old, on an old one, it was always great. And now it's back to being that way. I, I sat there and took notes on the couch while my wife played animal crossing and she wasn't terribly annoyed. <laughs> like, yeah. It's yeah, it's a way, it's a way better experience. That is one of the reasons why I'm surprised that Apple even let that get past, past them because, you know, as a journalist for a long time, when you go to like junkets and stuff like that, that was the big or, or pressings. That would be the, uh, you know, you would see all the journalists with their little gluing MacBooks and stuff. That was a real good sign of Apple success. But, you know, when you were the journalist with that, uh, you know, that butterfly keyboard making that thumping sound and stuff. It was suddenly less elegant and let you, you, you were consciously aware that you were annoying. And I just couldn't believe like, you know, didn't they get a bunch of people together typing at one time and see how horrible that yeah. was? Yeah. It's hard to see exactly how that made it out of got through. the yeah. drawing board, but it's like they only did their testing by, <laughs> putting the laptop on their actual laps. They didn't actually. Sort yeah. Of or they just green lit it through design and, and a bunch of other people at Apple didn't test it or something. Who right. knows? But the point is new magic keyboard is going to end up on all the MacBooks eventually. This yeah. is just the second one to be updated. I'm sure it'll be on the 13 inch MacBook pro as soon as that one gets updated and, um, and everyone's going to be far happier for it. I wonder yeah. what Taika Waititi will say. He'll, he'll probably be pleased. <laughs> yeah, I'll be watching his next movie closely, listening closely to see if there's like some sort of inside joke on that or something. <laughs> the other major feature is the processor, and it's got a pretty significant 
Well, I would say a significant boost over its predecessor. True. Uh, the entry level model really kind of doesn't. It's got a Core i3 that's a dual core processor, yeah. and it's really it's a new generation. It's Intel's 10th generation stuff, which has a new microarchitecture and stuff. But it's really not. You're not going to notice any speed difference over the last couple of years of MacBook Air, which were really weren't that fast. But you can now get a Core i5 or a Core i7, which you used to not get any processor options at all. And uh, that's th those are quad-core processors, and they're a lot faster, especially in multitasking. If you have a multi-threaded app, uh, it's going to run like 50% faster. It's, it's a huge boost. Uh, the graphics performance is a lot faster in those chips, too. It's anywhere up to 70%, depending on what you're doing. And Apple uses that in a lot of stuff. They use that to process photos and all kinds of stuff. So performance is a lot better. It's still not, it's still not a MacBook Pro. It's still, you know, you, if you need to edit 4K video all day, this is not your machine, right? Yeah. But, but faster is better. It, it gives it a lot more longevity. Uh, and this is definitely a lot faster. Yeah, and I wonder if because of the form factor, it can only go so fast. Yeah, it's a thermal thing, right? You yeah. Know? And Intel definitely makes faster laptop chips. Uh, these are sort of seven watt TDP chips that boost and it's all about cooling and it gets really complicated about <laughs> how Intel manages clocks and thermals and stuff. But yeah. the MacBook Pros use these like sort of 35 or 45 watt chips. There's a lot more thermal headroom there and clock speeds will be a lot better. Sustained clock speeds, especially when you're talking about I'm crunching on a video for the next hour. We're talking about the power of the processor. We could probably talk about the, just the general power of the MacBook, and I'm talking specifically about the battery. Oh yeah. I need to work on my transitions again. <laughs> 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 this, whole, this whole new way of doing the podcast, all, everyone's remotely is throwing, throwing my game off when it comes with the transitions. <laughs> uh, the one thing about the battery life of the MacBook Air is that it's actually a little shorter than the previous model. Yeah, worse. I mean, it's not a problem. You're not going to go like, man, this thing's got terrible battery life. But yeah. the, the MacBook Air coming in, like, say, 2017 or something, before they added the Retina, it was kind of a battery champ, partly because they didn't have a super high-res screen. <laughs> Uh, and then when they went to the retina version, battery life got a little bit shorter and you were able to go like, well, it's got this big retina screen and everything. And now it's a little bit shorter again. In our testing, roughly 15% or so. If you're just doing standard office and web browsing activities on it, you're going to get through the day if you're not just kind of cranking the brightness. You know. So it's not, it's not to that point where you're going like battery life's bad, but it's not a battery champ like it used to be especially compared to like the best Windows laptops. And it's going in the wrong direction. You always yeah. want battery life to get longer and it's not. That's a little bit of a disappointment. I really wish that we, I wish Apple would find a way to cram more milliamp hours of battery in there. Would switching to ARM processors <laughs> kind of address that? <laughs> that would have a big part of it. So there have been these rumors that Apple's going to switch to ARM processors in their laptops. I think the latest rumor came from Uber analyst Ming-Chin Kuo saying that next year it's going to happen. What about the MacBook Air in this case? You know, should people wait 
to buy an ARM laptop? Should people just forget about this laptop and wait for the new ARM processor laptop? Yeah, I mean, you just don't know what's going on yet because you don't know what the compatibility issue is going to be. Like, what's what's the story there? Are they going to emulate old x86 stuff, which will be slow, but it'll get it'll work. You know, for that app you need that doesn't run at all. You know, that'll work. Or are they going to? It's a hard transition. Are they going to have a different Mac OS where it's like nothing out of the App Store runs? You know, it's going to be like the iPhone. Uh, who knows? Like, there's so many things we don't know that go far beyond just, well, it's ARM instead of X, X86 now. I think the advice is always if you don't need a laptop, always wait. They just get better right. and cheaper. If upgrading or buying a new laptop in general is not a top priority, you can wait. Mm-hmm. You know, but you, if you got to get work done, it's, this is a good buy right now. Yeah, yeah it's a pretty good buy. Uh, we sh- I, I got to mention the webcam because it's just so bad, <laughs> it, it hurts me. Um, Macs have, Ma- all Macs have bad webcams. It's, I mean, this, that's not news. They range from bad to really bad. Like, but, and the MacBook Air has the really bad one. It's a 720p camera that the resolution is not the problem. The problem is it's got terrible low light performance. It's noisy. It's got bad dynamic range. It's like everything about it is like, I have a Logitech C920 from 2012. Mm-hmm. Now that was a premium webcam in 2012, but it's ancient and it just kills the MacBook Air's webcam. There's just no excuse. And this has been an issue for a long time, but now that we are in a coronavirus pandemic and everyone's working from home and everyone's yes. doing all of these virtual meetings and stuff, you just see it. You see it every day. You're like, oh, they're, they're on a Mac. They need a webcam. <laughs> like you're looking at your Zoom meeting and all the people and you're saying like, that guy's on a Mac because that's terrible, right? <laughs> and it's, it's awful. That's, that, Apple cannot look at that and be happy, right? Look at the quality and, and especially when you see what they do on iPhones and iPads where they're constantly improving that front-facing camera. It's funny, I, I struggle, like, I keep thinking of why Apple hasn't upgraded the webcam because Apple pays so close to the details of its product exactly and and facetime on max is a thing you know it's yeah i just 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 like the keyboard just like the camera all this seems to point to a general neglect of the mac in my opinion it's you know it's it's like it's by the way so it's coasting yeah and and that's it's a little bit disappointing in that way there hasn't been a real visual redesign there's still these like silver slabs that could use an update. Yeah, it's it's it feels like either Apple doesn't care because the market's not that big, or Apple's really preparing a, a grand like these ARM Macs that have a, right. a grand change. It's not just an ARM inside; it's like a grand redesign with a bunch of new features and looks different and all this other stuff. And they've been just working on that for years, and they just keep updating these other things as right. they need to, to keep them from falling too far behind. But if I'm spending a thousand dollars and up <laughs> on a, this is not a cheap laptop. This is mm-hmm. not a really bad, like 499 windows laptop where you're like, well, the webcam's bad. You know, these are premium laptops and it's, it's shouldn't be that bad. I predict it's going to look exactly like this year's model, except it's going to have a different processor. I mean, that's the cynical bit, but <laughs> I, I would not be surprised to see that plus them put the 
true depth sensor in the webcam spot and give you face ID to log in and stuff like that. Cause they'll have, I mean, they kind of have it now with this, the T2 gives you that secure enclave and stuff cause they have touch ID, but it'll be a next sort of the next generation of that. Their arm processors have all of the hardware necessary to do like the quick processing of all the face ID data, all the, you know, uh, so I think maybe that's going to be part of their their pitch, but it would not surprise me if it looked the same, and that would disappoint me a little, but not surprise, <laughs> but not surprise me. Yeah, it would be really funny if that ARM laptop came out and you looked at the spec sheet and it says 720p FaceTime camera. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it could happen. It could happen. Yeah. yeah. The iPad has a very good FaceTime camera. Mm-hmm. And Apple recently updated the iPad Pro. And coming out soon will be that new smart keyboard, which makes the new iPad Pro a very capable mobile work device. The question is, should I be considering an iPad Pro instead of a MacBook Air? Yeah, I mean... Life would tell you more, but I think that their software update to give it cursor support and the way that the Magic Trackpad, ha- the Magic Keyboard has a trackpad and stuff, they're driving in the direction of making that more more possible all the time. Yeah, it is more possible. But if you're going to do some serious work, I still recommend getting a Mac. The way that I put it one time in an editorial, and that's still true even after the iPad OS changes, is that I'm a writer. I'm not. You know, I'm not belittling my profession, but basically, in a lot of ways, I am doing using the bare minimum of these machines, and I still find it awkward sometimes. <laughs> and it's like, so it was like, if my if in my profession, it's still kind of hard to do file management and stuff like that. It's like, eh, you know, I, I I have been using the iPad more consistently. The iPad OS features they really improve multitasking. You know, there I, I would like to see this keyboard, but you know, basically, from what I get the impression, it's, it's, it's the key, and the trackpad is important. It does change some things. But like I said in the recent multitasking article, it's it's not that different. And like, there are some even weird changes. Like, when you swipe through all your apps, you know, you normally use four fingers for that when you're looking on a screen. But if you're on the trackpad, on the Magic trackpad at least, do you use three fingers? It's like, okay. Yeah, um, they're copying sort of the, the Max gestures. Yes. Which so, are a little different yeah. than the on-screen multi-finger gestures from iOS devices. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's, you know, the keyboard will be more comfortable to type on. But other than that, it's, it's basically the same experience. So I, I would like to see, because, you know, they do, it looks great in photos, where they have the, the keyboard where it has this, this design that props up the, the screen in a more user-friendly direction. But, you know, I certainly don't think you're going to be able to use it on your your laugh that much because it's you know the balance is going to be off i have to wonder how fragile it is and the fact that i can put multiple windows on the screen at once you know and easily mm-hmm. get to them yeah you can technically do that through the app switcher and stuff like that but uh you know i'm currently looking at six different windows that are actually very important to what i'm doing right now and so that's a lot more than the two or technically three if you use slide over that you'll get with the, the ipad so yeah I mean, I, I can't really, on a screen that size or a 13-inch laptop, I really can't use more than one window at a time myself. Oh, I usually yeah. just put them on different virtual desktops and swipe between them. 
which the iPad does a fine job of. But I agree with you that it, they still have a ways to go, right? And I, and certainly you're going to spend three three fifty on that keyboard plus the price of an iPad Pro. It's it's expensive. Same. But yeah. um, but it's great. I mean, it's fast and has a great battery life, and it has all this other stuff that Macs don't do with the touchscreen and pencil and all this other stuff. So it a little bit depends on what you need. Uh, mm-hmm. I think when we see what they do with iPad OS fourteen, uh-huh. it'll be a lot more clear whether you should get a MacBook or an iPad and a and keyboard. One thing I'm saying about I want to say about the multitasking when I'm saying the Windows, I'm looking at my screen right now and. I guess one way to put it is that I kind of subconsciously arrange the windows where I can easily click the tabs between them, which is a lot mm-hmm. faster than, you know, opening up the app switcher and then choosing one because, mm-hmm. yeah, because I have the tabs on each window, you know, where I can easily just switch between the two. And, you know, I've been doing that for so many years. I just, you know, automatically know where to put them. Oh, and I, and I use expose a lot too. I have that built into my trackpad with, uh, the three finger gesture. Yeah, I still find the Mac a little bit faster, but the iPad is a lot better than it was even when they were doing that. What's a computer ad? It, it's yeah, it is yeah. significantly improved as an experience as like a desktop replacement. It, it's it's yeah, it, certainly it's, putting USB C on iPad Pros, putting uh, making the Files app be able to actually recognize and store and use files. It's you know, it's it's not Finder, but it's getting there in terms of what you need to do to access mm-hmm. files from one app to another and from external storage and stuff. Yeah, they're, they're making a lot of progress in sort of making the iPad a, a laptop replacement. I think for a lot of people, it could be if you're not invested in, in Mac OS at all. It's, it's really an operating system issue. It's not a hardware issue. And I know some current journalists, I say current because for about a year and a half there, I worked entirely, as far as writing goes, off of an off of an iPad Pro. So, so I'm used to it. And that was when it was a far more frustrating experience than it is now. But I do know of some journalists who actually work entirely on their iPad Pros, and they seem to be quite happy with it. So I just want to say that it is possible. But every time I've been doing that, I, I personally have been doing that for a while. I go back to my Mac. I... I don't like that I have that feeling of, oh, God, this is so much better. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, I find it hard to, if I'm preparing an article, I've got to have the text up of what I wrote. I'm editing half a dozen pictures to the right aspect ratio and stuff, and then I have to save those off. And then I've got another thing with our CMS in the web browser, which has to work right, and it doesn't always work right on what's considered a mobile OS. Safari on an iPad, it actually works pretty good because they've kind of made it more like the desktop Safari. But then, you know, and I've got to, that has to open up separate browser windows in which I'll drop photos and type in captions. And there's a lot of fiddly bits that just don't work well with the way multitasking works on an iPad right now. You made an important point about the editing the photos. See, I I realize, you know, because I, I take a lot of my own photos and we do got to do screenshots and stuff. Photoshop and Lightroom are actually pretty important parts of my workflow. I don't really pay attention to that much on Mac because it's so easy to interact with them. Mm-hmm. But when I want to try something like that on the iPad, it's suddenly where, God, that's when you start getting into those little technical details of little tiny interactions and, you know, adjustments and stuff. That's when the Macs superiority becomes apparent and and i don't think it's because i have been trying i don't think it's a case that i'm just not used to it on the ipad it, it 
it is a definite slowdown, even with the mouse. So that's those little things. So yeah, those apps exist, and they'll you you can get across the finish line of what you need to do. They're optimized for doing certain kinds of things with your photos and stuff that aren't necessarily what we need to do. So you, it, it takes more steps. It's a little more difficult and you can't do a bunch of things at once. And so it's a slowdown. That does it for this week's episode of the Macworld podcast, episode 692. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. And thanks to Leif Johnson. Thank you. You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes through SoundCloud or on Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or you can contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld podcast as we talk about the latest news and happenings in the world of Apple. See you all next time.